welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets splintered? You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. She stop the rage. Well, sometimes that is better. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery is human at all. We'll tear your soul Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood, as we start a new month here in March 2023. In the Retro Blood, we're going to be talking all about graves, we're going to talk about tombstones, cemeteries, demons, uh, men with, with shirts that they don't fully uh, button all the way up, uh, 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 jet sets, all right? we're going to be talking about um, uh, uh, doctors, who are very similar to, to Loomis and police chiefs that don't pay attention because the Retro Blood is talking all about cemeteries and graveyards in 1980s horror movies. And we're starting off hot, brother, with Cemetery of Terror. Oh, oh yeah. An Espanol-style yeah. film that I didn't realize it was until I clicked on it. Which is cool, though, because, you know... It's kind of nice watching, you know, like different, you know, we've done that before. We watched like, you know, foreign films that have like subtitles, mm-hmm. you know, those are not the easiest ones to, you know, make notes for and stuff, but, uh, <laughs> True. but you know, you know, they're very fun being out of it. But anyway, James Allison, James Klein, what's happening, Allison? How do you feel about this month? Oh, what's up, man? So I'm super stoked about this month. Like I, I think graveyards are just cool. And they, you know, like especially old ones, like I love walking around like old cemeteries and looking like really old tombstones. And um, they're especially like ones that have have crypts and mausoleums that are above ground. Um, And uh, there's because there's this one in Charlotte that that like that you can walk through that's right near where the Fillmore is. And there's like all these above ground crypts that you can look. You can't go into them, of course, but you can look through the windows and they have like little little. uh, shelves there that like have bodies on them and stuff you can't see the bodies either but there's shelves and you know their bodies there but yeah i'm super stoked about it because uh cemeteries are cool and we're doing like scary cemetery movies this month so everything's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. it's pretty uh it's kind of a cool like you know it's kind of like a trope in horror movies you know what i mean like, like i feel mm-hmm. like it's like something that when most people think of horror movies they'll probably think of like you know scary locations and, you know, when it comes to scary locations, I mean, what's more frightening than, like, a cemetery or a graveyard, you know, anything like that, you know, especially, like like you were saying, those uh, those cemeteries with the big, um, uh, but those big cem- crypts in them, you know, that you can look mm-hmm. in, you can, exactly. you can stay in there, you know, the graveyards are all dig, dig up, crosses everywhere, fog, <laughs> everywhere you go, I mean, it's perfect stuff over here, so... But we're going to be talking all about, you know, that's the theme for the March month over here. No March Madness over here, brother. Unless nope. you count, like, madness when it comes to cemeteries and shit. Yeah. So March horror. March, March horror over here, brother. 
But um, but you know this this movie was uh, it was interesting. You know, like I was saying before. So on the review, you know, listen, I write, I handwrite all the uh, notes. <laughs> I'm not the one of those like techie guys. I do this old school, brother. You know, we're in the '80s. No, we're, yeah, right, brother? we're in the '80s, brother. We don't have computers. I'm not fucking yet. putting that shit on my iPad. Okay, nope. writing fucking notes. I'm writing it by hand, brother. Okay. Yep. We live the gimmick. So you know, we live the gimmick. When like something's like not like you know when it's like subtitles, I'm not gonna get all like the dialogue lines, but I did get a a, a quite a few. So, but we well you yeah. know we'll go with the whole basic story though. But uh, I did like the uh, I don't know I really like the, the I really like this movie because it's just different. Like it, it's 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 you know obviously me and John are are Americans. Okay. Oh, yeah, we are. And and yes, as you can see with our American accents. Probably uh, proud Americans. Proud Americans, brother. You know, I don't think I've ever like looked into or watched a Spanish like movie before. Like I've seen like you know Narcos when it was on Netflix and stuff like that. You know, we have Spanish <laughs> you know dialogues and shit. But I don't know if I ever watched like you know what were they call them that the televisos or something like that. Like the the Spanish uh, style of movie. So you mean a movie that's in Spanish is what you're meaning, right? Yes. But also those, yeah, okay. yeah. But don't they have like specialized movies too that they do, like the Spanish uh, soap maybe. operas and stuff like that? Well, yeah, they do, they do have. Uh, yeah, uh, you put me on the spot. I'm trying to think of what that's called. I thought Tele- it was like telenovela. Yeah, telenovela. That's what it was. That's what a Spanish soap opera is called. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, similar to that, I, I suppose, in some ways. I thought it was very soap opera like in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was like it to me. I like this one because it was like a mixture. You know, we're mixing mm-hmm. in the Spanish soap opera, but we're mixing it in with the 1980s, like, horror cheesy film. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, we're combining it. And I thought it's just very interesting to see because, you know, when you watch a lot of, like, 1980s American films, you know, the, 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 the kids are pretty much the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're there in a place to try to have sex, but it gets foiled by demons trying to kill them. You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> Which exactly. is like this film too, right? But it's like it's right. kind of nice, like with the different style dialogue in the back. So I, I enjoyed it. But we'll get into the full review, everybody here. Yeah. But like we do every retro blood, we talk about what's happening in our history segment of what's happening in metal and pro wrestling around the release date. Now, um, this one has two release dates. Funny enough, though, like. It actually got released in America first before it did Mexico, which, you know, I could understand yeah. because, you know, America probably has a bit more of a, an audience when it comes to watching films, you know. So this one got released on April 5th, 1985, about a month and a couple of days before your truly was born into the world. Just think. Yep. I could have been born near... The, the the cemetery of terror, brother. Right. It could be because it it was shot in Texas. Yeah, that's right. Well, I wasn't really born in Texas though. I was born in Miami. That's true. That's true. Good so, Miami, of course. But, you know, it's close enough. Close <laughs> enough. But we're gonna be talking about the 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 dates of April fifth, nineteen eighty five. Now, Alice, I know you got some music for it, but I will go first mm-hmm. on the wrestling because Do it. we have talked about this before. But I thought it was we haven't talked about the aftermath of what happened with this before. Sweet. So, so we talked about before, close to around this this t- time period of 1985, where one Vince McMahon Jr. bought up the time slot on TBS 
from Jim Crockett. Oh, yes. Black, what was it, Black Thursday? Black Friday? Black Thursday. <laughs> I was trying to remember what, what day of the week it, it was. I don't remember. Uh, I thought it was Monday. It wasn't on Monday. It, no, it was like, they called it like Black Thursday or something like that, where, you know, instead of seeing, like, you, you turn it on the tube, brother, you know, you're 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 expecting to see some Southern wrestling. Next thing you know, see Vince McMahon Saturday. on there. Black Saturday, that's what it was. Black Fuck. Saturday. How did we forget yeah. that? <laughs> Black Saturday, brother. You know, you, you're yeah. scrolling on the, the tube, all right? Yep. And you're expecting to see some good old Southern wrestling, brother. And next thing you know, see yep. Vince McMahon on there with a microphone introducing all his WWF cartoon characters. You're like, what the hell is this bullshit? What the hell you know? is this? So... He did that for a while. I mean, obviously, you know, this is the uh, the period, the time period, 1980. I would say 94 to 95. This is the time period where this guy, no mercy. He was just buying up territories, buying up TV slots, you know, getting his shit going. You know, he has Hulk Hogan with the, on his side. He got mm. all this big money behind him. So he is buying up everything. So, yeah. but this. But 84 this, to 85. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he said 94, but yeah. Oh, I yeah. said 90, my bad. I meant to say You said 84. 94, but yeah, 84 to 85, just so that people don't get confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 84 to 85, yes, yes. So, you know, he bought up the station. He was running it, you know, strong. And, you know, obviously the ratings were going down. So, yes. so this is the around April. I didn't get the, the exact date, um, but it was around the April month that, that we're in right now. Uh, this is when Jim Crockett Promotions... Um, so this is when Jim Crockett Promotions finally, Vince McMahon actually sells the time slot back to Jim Crockett Promotions. So the Jim Vince McMahon mm-hmm. sells his TBS World Championship Wrestling time slot to Jim Crockett Promotions nine months after acquiring Georgia Championship Wrestling and taking over the TBS sh- show. So this is like, so basically what, here's, here's, here's what happened. Okay, of we we explained how Vince McMahon, you know, got that time slot and why he did that on on a past show. But basically what happened was Crockett he bought out Ole Anderson's championship wrestling from Georgia on April 6, 1985, and he was reelected the NWA president. So this was to help counter the WWF after it became America's dominant wrestling business in the wake of WrestleMania. You know, Crockett yes. then purchased both Saturday evening TBS time slots from Vixen Man and filled the time slots with two hours of original programming filmed in Ted Turner's Atlanta Studios. And, of course, right. this program would be known as the World Championship Wrestling banner that was behind. And this would be, obviously, the the shows that we would be watching for a long time, the, the TBS shows. Yeah, so that was the beginning of Saturday night at 6.05, right? Yes, or eight oh five or whatever. Yeah, six oh five. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, it, so that's go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say that's really that's really strange to think about. So it's obvious to us now when we think when we look back on it that Crockett, that Jim Crockett, was considered by Vince McMahon to be his biggest rival. Yes. Um, because you know he's <laughs> he clearly did that. He did not do that to expand his. Well, partially, I guess he did, but he really didn't do it to to get you know his TV on in Atlanta. He did it so that he could get he could get Georgia Championship Wrestling and Southern Wrestling off the air, um, so that you know the only thing they had to watch was Hulk Hogan and you know Vince McMahon's characters. 
which, you know, this is like, it's, it's, it, then people probably wouldn't have believed us if we told him what was going to happen. But yeah, this was like the beginning of him trying to take over wrestling nationally, like tr- basically to destroy the territories. Um, but yeah, they did. People did not like this. They did not like this at all. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they protested. Yeah. So pretty sure. much, pretty much what happened, you know, uh, was, you know, when Vince McMahon took over that time slot and everything, you know, it just his program, like the people who, who, who watched, you know, uh, the, the wrestling before he, he came on there. You know, the, the Vincent Man style is very, like, more slow and cartoonish, more about the actual yeah. characters. You know, when mm-hmm. it comes to Crockett, um, and then, when, you know, when it comes to Mid-Atlantic, it was more about mat-based wrestling with more realis- realistic characters. Kind of like, it, you know, you could say that's a little bit like AEW and, and WWE today, even though WWE yeah. has has more realistic characters than they did in the past but you know it's 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 just that's the big difference you know a lot of people like their their real life you know the i would say real life but they're they're sports figures you know they're they're copy they're they're competitors you know you know you got a little gimmicks there you know you had like jimmy valiant he was a gimmick you know what i mean obviously you had barry Wyndham doing his cowboy gimmick and stuff but you know you had gimmicks there but you had but they were like real tough guy gimmicks you know what i mean Compared yeah, to it like was also way characters. more violent. Yes. Way more violent, way more bloody. Um, whereas Vince McMahon wasn't really doing that. <clears throat> I mean, I can't really think of any WWF shows from 85 on that really had blood in them up until the 90s. Yeah, there wasn't a lot. I mean, unless it was like yeah. maybe like accidental blood. Um, yeah, I know one time I, it was like in the 80s where they had the, um, I think it was like the later 80s, like. Oh, was that WrestleMania that they had like Sid versus Hogan, or was that the '90s? That might have been the '90s, actually. That was that was probably a '90s. Yeah, that was a '90s, early one. '90s, maybe. Yeah, because I I remember the only time I remember. Well, no, they had that one WrestleMania too with uh, Ric Flair and uh, Randy Savage. No, that was the same WrestleMania. Yeah, that's the only one I could think where they had like double bleeding going on. Yeah, in the same like you know WrestleMania, and they both got in trouble. Well, it's funny because. The story around that one was, <laughs> I guess the Bret Hart and Roddy Piper they they wanted to do some color, which is bleeding. Yeah, and they hit it so well that it made it they they made it you know seem to the office like it was just an accident, you know. But then Ric Flair and Matraman did the same thing, but they didn't hide it as well, so they got in trouble and they got yeah. fined for doing the blood. So that's interesting that you would say that because I did not I've never heard that story. Yeah. But that makes sense when you think about the uh WrestleMania uh, 13, the blood from a stone match where yes. uh where Brett and we're getting way off topic, but this is interesting though. So Brett was was in that match with Austin and he was like, yeah, he's like we're going to yeah, he's like if you if you'll let me cut you, we'll get color even though Vince told us not to. Well, he's like just just tell him it was my fault. Well, that that could have been one of the stories too, but I was talking about the WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania Seven, where they had it was Macho Man versus Randy Savage for the WWF title, and it was Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper for the Intercontinental title. No, no right, but I'm saying that yes. that leads into that's probably why Bret knew that he could get away with that later on. Yeah, because he got away. And is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you know, when you're like a big star like that, you know, you might get fined and stuff, but you know, you're you. You know, there's even that story we heard a long time ago about Batista when he did yeah. that cage match. Um, I can't exactly remember wh- who who was with. It might have been with like Chris Jericho or somebody. And you know, he bled and stuff, and he paid everybody's fine. 
And apparently even the referee got fined in there too. And he eventually paid for everybody's fine because all the blood was his idea. See, so WF has always been like, you know, you know, I understand because they have more advertisers. They're more supposed to be more of like a kid-friendly programming. You know, even back into the yeah. 80s. Not counting the Attitude Era part. People were bleeding right, all, right. All, all the way, all the fucking over. You know, it just... But yeah, like when it comes... Like we're the circle back, you know, a lot of fans who were watching Saturday night, you know, spe- you know, wanted to see Mid-Atlantic, wanted to see you know, that Southern style wrestling, they weren't getting that. They were getting yeah. like this cartoonish, they were getting Georgie Animal Steel, you know, they were getting, uh, you know, just a lot honky more honky tonk man, all these like fucking character yeah. bases. We don't want to see that shit. I want to see Barry Windham out there defend his Western Heritage Championship, brother. I don't want to see these exactly. little goofballs. All right. <laughs> so, you know, it was Jim Crockett who finally bought out and he actually paid. There's a story going around that, you know, Jim Crockett, gave you know he paid he wanted that time slot so bad that he gave mcmahon like almost a million dollars and that's what helped fund wrestlemania there's a story going around about that one too around this time so yeah but you know they got the ted turner ted turner was also a man who 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 didn't like uh you know he had a working relationship with vince mcmahon at this time as well too and this is this is basically when ted turner like you know was telling Vince McMahon, you better sell this time slaughter or I'm almost probably going to cancel it. That's just when the, the actual friction happened between the two parties. And then, of course, that friction would lead into the Monday Night Wars. And for a long time, yep. it was a real battle from back and forth. So it all kind of like started around April of uh, 95, So which is pretty pretty crazy to think, you know, so... But yeah, that's a little wrestling I got over there. Some, uh, some, uh, some drama, some back and forth going on oh, to yeah. this imagine this we're, we're we're going through this back and forth we're we're about to get world championship wrestling back on you know what i mean the superstation tbs brother we got that back on on saturday nights we got our 605 time slot and we're also going to go to los angeles to go watch fucking i don't even know where the fuck we're going to go watch this at but we're going to go out cemetery of terror in los angeles somewhere at the premiere yep and yeah, we're gonna we're probably gonna go to some spanish-speaking neighborhood because that's probably where a spanish-speaking movie would have played back then yes um because that's always been kind of the case like you know like spanish-speaking parts i mean obviously los angeles has a huge amount of spanish-speaking people in it and a lot of them are you know central american of the central american descent so like a lot of times they would like premiere a movie in los angeles because it's los angeles and they would get more I guess press more coverage at least, you know, and then maybe it would do make the movie do better when it came back to, you know, when they opened it in Mexico and maybe, you know, if it did really well, like maybe they could even open it all the way across the country. Cause that would happen on rare occasions. They'd be able to show a foreign language film, you know, um, all across the country. I'm assuming um, they just didn't have the budget to dub this like the Italians and the Europeans did at the time, because there's no dub. No dub that exists for this, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, we didn't feel no dub, but which I'm fine with. You know, I don't mind the the subtitles. You know, I think it's better than some dubbing. Because boy, when we hear some of this dubbing, yeah. <laughs> that's a little rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we hear the yeah, when we hear the yeah from the the dubbing that's uh, going to be coming up in some of these films, some of the dubbing that we've seen in the past, especially in these European movies, are just like I feel like the a lot of times the. Uh, uh ideas lost a little bit yeah you try to translate it in, into a, into a dub even a subtitle sometimes because it's really hard to understand like um 
you know, it's hard to under, if you don't speak the language, it's hard to understand what the inflection is for that, the person, how the person was speaking. Um, and all languages are different, of course, and all people are different, but, um, but yeah, so I feel like, um, this was kind of cool that we got to see something that was in another language. I think we'd done this one time before. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is our first Mexican movie though. First movie uh, from a Mexican director. I think. Yeah. Yeah. From Mexican director, starring all Mexican actors, Mm -hmm. uh, filmed in, uh, well, we'll get to Texas. it. Yep, Texas, yeah. <laughs> Brownsville, Texas. So, what have we been listening to, Allison? What's uh, what's going on in the metal? All right, man. As I was doing my research for this to figure out what we would be buying and listening to as we were going on April fifth to see Cemetery of Terror, I could only find one album uh, that we would possibly be listening to in the first week of April, nineteen eighty five. Venom, the great Ooh. metal band from England, released their fourth album, Possessed, which is the last album of their original lineup. Um, it's honestly not as good as the first three, but it is a good album. Um, but yeah, it's got some um, pretty classic songs on it. It's got Power Drive. It's got Burn This Place to the Ground. It's got Satanic Kissed, uh, Hell Child, Wing of a Prayer. It's got some really good tunes on it. And one of the tracks on it... Um, the song Possessed mm -hmm. was actually ranked number 14 on the Parents Music Resource Center's Filthy 15 songs. So there, there was like a list of songs around this time. Uh, a lot of people probably know Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, um, who was just like a bored politician's wife at the time, decided that music was just too dirty and that they should have uh, – parental advisory stickers on on records when people buy them so that parents will know that it's too dirty for their children um so these this is one of the songs that they that they chose as an example along with prince's darling nikki and uh, i think prince was on that on the list like three times but uh one of those was venom's possessed and um you know so they kind of got famous because of that at the at the time yeah i see on their um their album cover they got like two kids and a negative yeah. photo with like the Venom shirts on. Yeah. Saying possessed. Uh, one of those kids. Yeah. One of those kids is the drummer's son. Um, and I don't know who the other kid is, but, um, but yeah, this was, um, I mean, Venom is a great, is a great band. They're, oh, yeah. they're like, they were like way ahead of their time. Like they were like a band that like, like, I mean, they're the first place that I can find that use the term black metal. Yeah even though it's not the same thing as like what we would think of as Norwegian, like true cult Norwegian black metal. No, um, like thrash. It, it's there. It's like thrash metal really, but like they were the first, uh, um, overtly satanic. Well, that's not actually true either, but they were the first, one of the first overtly satanic metal bands. There were a lot of actually satanic bands in the sixties, but that now I'm getting yeah. off the subject. But anyway, um, <laughs> they were, they were, you know, they were overtly uh, satanic, not necessarily satanic, but like having satanic imagery. Um, and they were the first band that I could find to think of that used the term black metal. Then I'm sure there's somebody out there is like, no, there's been, you know, released two albums in 1981, you know, yeah. but maybe, maybe but this is the first band that I've heard of that used the term black metal. Or at least got um, it over. You know what I mean? Right. Or at least got black, the term black metal over. Um, which is kind of cool. And they're still going strong today, like in, in some incarnation. Like I think they've kind of split up a little bit. There's two different Venoms touring currently. Um, I think one's called Venom Incorporated and the other one's just called Venom. But um, 
but yeah, they're still playing music today. Their singer Kronos is still still singing, still making music, still playing Venom songs even today. That's awesome. Still going at it, brother. Yeah, we'll play a little bit from this album at the end of the show. Oh yeah. Maybe what we'll do too is for the Facebook. You know, I always like to see some live stuff from Venom, so we'll see if we can yeah put some of that. I like the song "Burn This Place to the Ground," brother. It kind of reminds me of this uh, Cemetery of Terror movie. Maybe we'll play a little bit of that at the end. But yeah, Venom. Okay. I mean, this is this is a very you know if you're looking for thrash, you're looking for you know, like I said, satanic style thrash. I mean, this is like this is like right where it's at. You know, very good melodies, very good thrash. I mean, just like you were saying, just a very good uh, band. You know, and yeah, you know, a cool band. name too, Venom. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah definitely, uh, definitely ones to check out over here. So yeah, but let's get a little, a little bit into the who booked this shit, brother. Yeah, who who booked this shit? Who booked this shit, brother? So <laughs> this one, you know, so I'm not really familiar with like like we said before with a lot of like Mexican stars or actors and stuff. But you know, when I was doing a little bit of the research, brother, and I know yeah. you know a little bit more about this director than I do, and hopefully I don't uh, fuck up his name because I usually do with everybody's name. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be great. So his I name is Ruben Galindo Jr. I think the L is, I think it's Gaindo. Gaindo? But I could be wrong. I don't really speak Spanish. Ruben, Ruben Galindo Jr. Yeah. All right. And apparently this was like one of his only like horror movies that he made. Like he didn't make horror movies before until like this one. Am I correct about that? Or Yeah, he made, uh, right. Yeah, I think that he just, I think that he made this movie and then he made a movie um, in 1989 called Grave Robbers. Yes. Um, but, um but basically, yeah, we're talking about who booked this shit. We don't really know who booked this shit. We don't know a lot about this. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he is a director. He's a Mexican director who directed mostly um, what I would call straight movies, I guess, like non horror films. Um, but then he, he but then he made this, and um, but yeah. So, um, but there is one interesting thing. Not to take you off the director for a minute, but there is one interesting thing that I did not know until I watched this movie. So, have you seen uh, the Tarantino film uh, *Inglorious Bastards*? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Right. So, the actor in this movie, the guy that starred in this movie, is named Hugo Stiglitz, and right. he took that actor's name for the main character or one of the main characters in *Inglorious Bastards*. And I did not know that until I watched this movie. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I when I was doing my research too, yeah, I found that out. I thought that was very, very interesting. Because, you know, the, yeah, uh, the that, Hugo, you know, he's actually a yeah. pretty well-known um, Mexican actor of doing a lot yes. of horror movies. Yes. In the genre. Especially from the 70s to the 80s. You know, he did films as a Night of a Thousand Cats. Yeah, that's the one I want to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck, that'd be awesome. We definitely have to do that one one day. Um, he did, um, he also filmed several movies in Hollywood, Under the Volcano, in Italian Nightmare City. Oh, he's in Nightmare City? I didn't realize. Yeah, he's in Italian Nightmare Nightmare City. City. Yes. Yeah. He also did uh, Tentaro. I don't know if I said that right. So, yeah, he's done a lot of, like, you know, a lot of stuff around uh, this particular time. And it is kind of cool. I guess, like, I guess Quentin Tarantino was just a big fan of his. Yeah, Tarantino is just a big fan. But it's just, like, I didn't, I either did not know that or did not remember but when, as soon as it, when we were watching this, and as soon as his name came up on the screen, I just started laughing. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's Hugo Stiglitz. But yes. um, 
but yeah, I thought that, uh, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, like it looks like he he's just done like a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of uh, Mexican style movies. Um, yeah, throughout his whole career, especially. I mean, he, this guy looks like he was making a movie like every every year, basically in uh, in the eighties. So, and I thought he was good in this movie. Like he his character really didn't do a whole lot. Um, no. you know his. I mean, let's be honest. His character was supposed to be the Loomis in the story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, his character and, was the doctor. He knew was all that was going on. He was telling the captain. The captain wasn't listening until the very end with the sword. Yeah. I mean, this is like the Halloween. Well, it's not really, but it's kind of the Halloween formula. Yes. In a way. But it's it's still like a it's a completely different original story, though. So I don't want to I don't want to. Um, uh, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, this I don't is want to disparage copy. the movie, yeah, because it, it is an original work. It's not a ripoff. It's not a copy, but it does have that kind of formula where the doctor won't listen, and no, and that probably captain. will happen. That probably yeah, the, right. The excuse me, the captain, the the police guy won't listen. Um, but yeah, it's probably it, and that probably came that probably happened before Halloween. But that's where I think of it as. Whereas, like you know, everything would have been everything could have been stopped if anybody had just listened to the person that knew what was going on. Yeah, what happens a lot in these eighties yeah, horror movies? Today. It even happens but, today. Yes, you're true. But everybody, let's get into it. Let's get into our first review of March for the cemeteries and graveyards. Let's get into Cemetery of Terror. Oh, let's do it. Scary. Pues tales son los falsos apóstoles, los falsarios. No debemos descuidar aquel que tenemos en el mundo, pues estoy aquí para dar fe de mi presencia. Existo en ti como en cualquier otro hombre. ¿De qué hombre habla? Del diablo. Lo importante es encontrar a Debron. Esa es su responsabilidad. Él está muy seguro de que Debron está poseído por el diablo. Susan, ¿no está Tony con tus hijos? ¿No? So we start off, and no joke, okay, we hear some fucking Halloween CD music. All right, now, yeah, now, I'm not sure about you, Allison, but when I was growing up, okay, I loved Halloween. All right. Mm-hmm. And, you love Halloween now. Yes, I still, yes. That, that hasn't broke at all, obviously. Um, but I remember I had this CD 
that had a bunch of like Halloween noises on it. And I would yeah. always play that when I was getting, uh, I played in, you know, I played on my dad's like stereo system. And if I had like some like friends coming over, I was getting dr- dressed, I would play that. And I would like play it on repeat and, you know, constant content. And no joke, it sounded like the fucking beginning of this movie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was yeah. like, fuck. I was like, this, so, it just took me back. Yeah. There's a lot of um, music in this movie that I'm wondering if it, if what well, the version we heard, and I'm almost certain it was, was just a stock music. Could have been. Because they probably couldn't get the rights to the songs that were played in that movie originally. And back then, I don't think they really cared. I don't think they cared that. Oh, yeah, no. Um, you know, about about rights to anything. Um but uh, but I, I have a feeling that the movie, this music we heard, most of it in the movie has been replaced by stock music. Yeah, but yeah, it was still um, pretty good. But it was still pretty good, yeah. With them talking about going to their concierto de rock, yes, constantly through the whole thing. <laughs> the uh, the rock concert, yeah. So we got this uh, guy in the chair. He just like sitting there in the chair, you know, passed out and everything. And we find out that this character is going to be Cardan. He's the one that's played by Hugo. Dr. Cardan. He's like sitting Dr. there. Cardan. The TV's off. He's like sleeping. And all I can notice was this motherfucker did not eat his peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> did you hear that? Did you see that thing? Or just sitting there? Not even I ate. Did, like, yeah. why was it there? Yep. Tell me why. It's movie eating, right? So you don't, you just, yeah. you have food as a prop, but you don't actually eat it. Yeah, you don't eat it. I was like, come on, man. Eat the sandwich. I don't know why I noticed that. I don't know why. It just like was tripping me out. Of all the little things, so so he's having like dream now, I guess, and he's dreaming of newspapers. That's why I thought it was out at first. Like, like what a dream to have <laughs> newspapers, but we actually find out it's a book, and we'll yeah, find out the name yeah. of the book here soon too, which is very original. So after we after we get a, a shot of him dreaming about books and newspapers, uh, there, we see this girl running in the hallway. She's like freaking out. She's running all around the hallway. Uh, she's trying to go to the elevator. Cops show up. All right. Elevator's going super slow. Okay. Eventually, she gets into the elevator. And right after she gets in there, she gets attacked by whatever was chasing her. And then we have one cop come over there. He's, like, looking and, like, staring. I don't know what he was actually staring at. Like, was he staring at the wall or was he staring at the girl getting attacked in the elevator? It's hard to tell. Yes. Um, I thought he was staring at the elevator, but it it is kind of hard to tell the way that, that scene But he does framed. say, like, everybody go downstairs. Okay, and this yeah, scene true. is actually, it was a little funny, okay? I don't think it meant to be funny, but to me it was funny. So they go downstairs in the garage, and they're waiting for the elevator to come down, you know, so that the monster can come down so they can shoot it. So we have yeah. like about three cops here, okay? We have two cops with a gun, and we have one cop with like a stick. <laughs> <laughs> like he has like this little bat stick. So the demon comes out, and everybody's all like, the, the cops are like freaked out. And the guy, like two cops are like shooting his, the guy, and the guy with the bat doesn't do anything. He just sits oh, there no, shot. He has a stick. Yeah. I was like, they why the fuck did you bring a stick? For, like, yeah, they they probably only had enough money for two prop guns. But he didn't even like try to go whack the guy. Like like the, they were shooting him, and it, it looked like the demon or the whoever this person was, the attacker was like the bullets weren't affecting him. He, they kept coming. They were all scared and stuff. And the other guy was just mm-hmm. sitting there with his bat, like scared, like doesn't even use it. Yeah, so I thought well, that was. You know, uh, I thought that would was you attack funny. the demon with a with a stick? Well, no. why the fuck did he bring a stick? 
Everybody else has like fucking machine guns almost, and this guy brought a stupid that's, stick. Yeah, that's a good point. Or yeah, a bat, whatever the hell that thing was. He should have brought his own machine gun. Well, he could actually. It could have been the uh, Boss Man nightclub. There you go. That's true. Good point. Yeah. So after all this happens, this is when we get. Um, this is when we get a. The doc wakes up, and this is when we meet. We meet some kids outside. Okay, and apparently these kids are like medical students. Okay, so we're back. You that's know, what I yeah, that's what we're I back at the beginning of the year with medical students again, like Terry Train. Uh, yep. So we meet, um, we meet Jorge, and we Jorge, meet yeah, we good. meet Pedro, Pedro, Pedro. Okay, and and Oscar. and Oscar, yes, and they 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 put. So here's what they're doing: they have some women. All right, they they do yes, and yes. They have some women, brother, and they are going to trick their women mm-hmm. to to come to a haunted old mansion with them, and they're going to tell the women, "Hey, we're having this huge party. There's going to be jets there. There's going to be women there. There's going to be like partying central. There's going to be celebrities there, and it's mm-hmm. going to be a big thing." And I'm just thinking, like, okay, like how the fuck are these guys going? How are these women just going to believe this? But they do. <laughs> they do, yeah. Because huh. um, nothing ever goes wrong. Yeah. If you break into on a haunted mansion to yeah. have your party, nothing. If anything we've learned on this show is that everything is perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So and so so the girls they were planning on going to a rock concert. All right. Yeah. Concerto de rock. Yeah. Concerto de rock. All right. Yeah. And but. But you know, since they since they heard about this mansion party, you know what I mean. The the girl um, Ma- uh, Maria, she was trying to convince the rest of the girls to go to the mansion party. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have uh, our, our three main girls. We have Marita, Mar- Marita. We have Maria. Yeah. All right. Which I actually it's it's either Maria or Mariana. Uh, I thought it was Mariana. Yeah, Mariana. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close enough. Yeah, Mariana. She's like the redhead girl. All right, and she's the one who, um, who uh, uh, Jorge. He was like telling her about the party and got her all pumped up. Like Jorge, he was the one that was saying like, "Yo, we're gonna have like jets here. We're gonna have like celebrities here. Like it's gonna be a big deal going to like this big mansion party that I somehow put together, even though I'm just some sort of like medical student." So. And then we have Olivia, all right, and then we have uh, Anita, all right, and um, I believe it was uh, Olivia, she was the one that wasn't, like, having it, she wanted to go to the rock concert, all right, but then they kind of convinced her after a while, like, the, uh, the her, her boyfriend Oscar convinced, uh, convinced her after a while to, to actually dip the rock concert and go out to hang out with them at this mansion party. And they go like uh, skiing, all right. And I'm not really sure what this is, but the uh, Ma- Mariana she kept bringing this up. I want to go to a jet party, the jet party. I was like, what the fuck's a jet party? I think I don't. I, I think that was uh, something else that didn't really come through in the translation. I yeah. think that she's like one. I think she's talking about some kind of like, um, really like high end like celebrity party. Like, you know, there's famous people going to be yeah. there. And, you know, I think that's what she's talking about. I think that's one of the things that's just kind of lost in translation to us. Now, I'm, yeah, at first I was like, okay, 
like, cause she kind of explained it a little bit. Like, she thought there was going to be jets with celebrities on them <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, were they supposed yeah. to party on the jet? Or are they? is it just some sort of, like, 80s Espanol party that I don't know about? <laughs> or something? <laughs> But yeah, I think that's what she means is that it, they that she that that it was it was going to be like this um, kind of uh, you know celebrity celebrity party and there's going to be famous people there and rich people there and yeah that's why she wanted to go I, I think at least that's what I got out of yes. it. yes so you know when they all go and skiing like this is one you know this is one of those movies where they did the gimmick where we're outside but we like pre did the audio or like you know we did the audio in post. Yes. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like one of those things. Well, you know, also too, you know, this was, I don't know. This one was even dubbed. Like, yeah, they definitely did the audio in post doing this. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, back in the day, they didn't really know how to, um, film that well outside without, you know, having a bunch of wind hit them, hit the uh, mics. So, Correct. you know, for what they would do, then they would just do the thing where they would film outside, uh, you know, add in some water, add in some background sound and just have everybody do their talking on post. So, it's a little weird. Like you can obviously tell it's like done in like in a little bit of a studio. Yeah, but if you do that correctly, you can't really tell. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, well, I mean, technically you could if you saw the original version. But yeah, I mean, even movies today are even done that way. However, it's it's mixed better to where it sounds like a movie is supposed to sound. Where this was a little bit off, not as off as the movie we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, but. Um, but yeah, it's still, you can just tell it's like post-product. It's like, uh, you know, all of, all the voices were done in post. Yes. So after they all pretty much decided to go to the mansion party, now we have the doctor, Cardane. He's now talking mm-hmm. with Cap, uh, Cap, Captain, Capiano. How do you say it? Captain. Uh, uh. Trying to say it in his accent, Captain. The captain. captain. Yeah. Captain. Capitano. Capitan. Yeah, Capitan. That's what it is. Yeah. So he's talking with the Capitan. And this is when he goes over what's kind of going on. We, so I guess what he was having wasn't really a dream. It was just like a flashback. So, you know, they're saying like this guy, like he got he got out of the doctor's care, you know. And the doctor's saying yes. it wasn't his fault. You know what I mean? And apparently we have this guy who was in the doctor's care called... Devlon. Yeah. All right. And he killed 17 people, including his parents. Yes. All right. And he's into, he's in, into Satan. Yes. And he's a Satan worshiper. Some okay. might say he's possessed. Yes. So <laughs> basically, the doctor is basically saying, like, listen, this guy is not just a Satan worshiper. He is actually a demon himself. And of course, Capitano yeah. is like, no, nah, he's not. Like, what are you talking about? That demons are not real. This is the, he says this later on, this is the 23rd century. Demons are not real. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, so then like the doctor goes like, yes, this guy, you know, in his past, he was a, well, the the, the captain doesn't believe, you know, in, in Devon's past of being a black mass and Prayer of Satan. <laughs> right. A prayer of Satan. A prayer of Satan, brother. All right. <laughs> and so the, the big thing is that the captain, the, uh, the, uh, not the captain, but the doctor, he wants to cremate the body. So, you know, that flashback we saw was the cops killing Davon, yeah. Davlon. 
and Devlon. Yeah. Devlon. And uh, the captain just wants to bury him in some cemetery, you know, not waste a bunch of money on him, just getting him out of there. Yeah. But the doctor's like, no, we need to burn this motherfucker's body because he could potentially come back because he's a prayer of Satan and turn into a demon. Right. Okay. So just think, if we if they had just cremated his body, this would all be over. Yeah. Yeah. Just right. like if nobody had ever taught Michael Myers how to drive, none of that shit would have ever happened. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, just little things like that. You just, you know, just stuff just happens. That's the little things that get you every time. Yeah, and then Cardan, the doctor, said he was studying Devlon for years. All right. And uh, he's not, he, he is a demon. He's not just a prayer saying he actually is the demon. He actually is a demon, yes. Yes, and then uh, the captain calls his main police chief in there and saying that you, I need a statement from you, doctor, by 2, 2 p.m., but the doctor's tr- going to try to go to the judge, all right, and he's trying to get the, uh, the, the warranty to cremate the body instead of burying it. So you can see that the, 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 the doctor and the capitano are, are butting heads. So the, we're just getting right along. The kids just show up to the mansion, all right? Yeah. And at first, so, at first, you know, when I'm watching this movie, I'm like, okay, we got kids. We're, they're showing up to a cool, creepy mansion, and there's supposed mm-hmm. to be demons in here. I'm like, fuck, is this going to be just like one of my favorite movies of all time that we will, spoiler, be reviewing for this October, Night of the Demons? I was like, it's similar. I was like, this is going to be very, very. I felt, I felt like it was going to be very similar. Now, I still like Night of the Demons better, but that's going to be a totally different review for later down the road. Uh, but this was good though. So the girls, you know, obviously they're <laughs> the one girl, Marianne. She shows up. She's like, what the fuck? I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I was expecting eighty thousand people here. I was like, fucking eighty thousand people. <laughs> What kind of party are you thinking about here, girl? She's like, 80,000 people here on the jet set. Where's my jet set party? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck did you expect? This guy's a like, fucking medical student. You don't got no 80,000 yeah, 80, people he knows. 80,000 people. Yeah, there's going to be a football stadium full of people <laughs> yeah, exactly. at, this, at this party. <laughs> at this party. All right, so they go inside, and, um, you know, we have, we have mostly a Pedro. He's the one that's looking around a lot you know, yeah, inside the yeah. house and stuff, seeing what it's all about. Um, and the girl, all the girls are upset. You know, they're all of them are are upset. The uh, the Mariana, uh, the uh, the uh, Olivia. And I saw one of the girls. The name wasn't the blonde girl. Name it Usi, Usa. Uh, one of them is named Usa. Uh, I was just thinking Usi the whole time. Possibly Usi. Um, I don't remember that. I remember um, I remember the three main girls. Yeah. Um. Olivia, Mariana, Lena. So, Us and Usi, yes, there was. I remember. I know who you're talking about now. Yes, yeah. there Usi, was a girl bro. named Usi. Yes. So looking all around the house, um, you know, the guys very much saying like, "Hey, we came here to party." You know what I mean? At this house, like, just enjoy it. And all the girls are all like, all up. You know, they're all upset and stuff. They're all complaining about the house. They go explore the whole house. So you know, when looking at the whole place and. And they're trying to find like a good place to kind of like settle down and party a little bit. So during all this, we have the Dr. Carden. He's like writing on papers. I guess he's writing his statement or probably his plea to get that body cremated. Yeah. And he kept writing. I don't know if this was like meant anything, but he kept writing like raw go X. It might have been some Spanish <laughs> term, but I don't know what the fuck. He, he was wrote a it. Spanish. Yeah. He wrote it a bunch of times. So. 
So then we see the Capitano. He is talking to um, his kids outside. So, you know, it's Halloween. Okay. And the kids mm-hmm. are making pumpkin lanterns. But, like, I'm not sure what kind of... Pu- they weren't using, like, the traditional orange pumpkins. They were using those, like, green ones to make, like, jack-o'-lanterns yeah. out of. And they have, like, yeah. no mask. And they want to go out and, like, you know, trick-or-treat with no mask, just pumpkins. I was like, okay. And then uh, the captain, you know, is just saying, like, yeah, you kids can go out there and, you know, wife, go get me a drink. All right. <laughs> wife, go get me a drink. <laughs> It's like, go oh, give me a drink. Give me a drink of you. So now we're back in the mansion. All the kids are like listening to some tunes, you know, some radio tunes there, brother. Um, and then we see a couple of are making out. And then I believe it was the 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 Mariana. She is the one who's mad now. I don't know the it's not so Mariana is one of the girls that are mad. But it's Usi, the blonde girl. She is mad at uh, Pedro, you know, because she you could tell that she was like the, the worried one coming on here. She's the one that turns off the music and everything. And she just doesn't, you know, trust the place at all because it's a creepy old mansion by a cemetery. The guys are <laughs> so the guys are basically like, you know, I don't get why you girls are upset and stuff. You know, you could have went to a fun rock concert, but we brought you to a creepy mansion with us. You should be happy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this like, is come on. this is fine, right? Yeah. So now Pedro, he's getting all upset. This is fine. He's looking around the house. He goes like upstairs some more. Um, you know the the women they were they were promised a party. They didn't get it, so they're out there, you know they're acting all the way up now. They're still acting up. Um, mm-hmm. then this is when we see uh, Pedro. He goes upstairs, and now he sees. Devlon's news notes in a book. So he sees that little oh. book that we saw at the uh, the yeah. beginning with Garland. All right. And actually, this wasn't Pedro. This is actually Jorge. Um, mm-hmm. Jorge is the one that found the book. I apologize. So he grabs the book and stuff, and he takes it down with him. And, you know, the girls are, you know, they're looking like bored and stuff, like, you know, not having a good time at all, like, like we're saying. And now, Jorge, he decides to read some of the passages from the book. Okay? And, you know, the girls, you know, saying, like, you know, we didn't go to our rock show because of this. And then, Jorge, he just starts reading passages from the book about the the devil. And uh, first, the girls are not really that impressed. And then, Jorge, he... um, He starts talking about some more passages on here. And then they decide that... The goal for tonight is going to be they have to go find a dead body and they want to read out of this book to resurrect the dead body. Yeah, because what could go wrong? Yes, because the girls are bored. Now we need them for some excitement. And I think (laughs) part of it, too, was the guys are trying to get revenge on the girls for not liking their party. At least that would make more sense. Because yes. I mean, just think about this. Just stop and think about this for a second. So yeah. the girls are bored because they tricked them into, and instead of going to the Concerto de Rock, they tricked them into going to this haunted mansion that's abandoned. Yes. And, and cobwebbed up and, you know, and all nasty. But, and then the girls are bored because nobody showed up to the party but the five of the, the six of them. So to entertain the girls and make them happy, we're going to dig up a dead body. And use the satanic book to resurrect it. Yeah. So that's literally what's happening at this point. Yeah. I mean, duh. 
I mean, wh- why not? But duh, yeah, why not? All right, that's that's what you got to do. You know, it's Halloween. Got to read some books, raise some dead. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, good point. So now we see those little kids from earlier. Uh, they're kind of like figuring out where to go. So we also see this character. His name is Tony. All right, we see Tony. He's like one of the kids. And uh, his mom, you know, said he can go out there trick-or-treating and stuff. You could tell it was just like a single mom with him. And he yeah. needs to be back by 10 o'clock. And he's going out with his kids, and they can't really figure out where to go. And they finally figured out that they want to go to the cemetery. So what do they do? They hitch a ride in some sort of creeper van with the guy with D- Jeffrey Dahmer glasses, <laughs> and he takes them to it. Of course. No problem there. <laughs> Easy. No problem at all. No problem. So... While this is all happening, um, this is when the uh, the kids, you know, they're going to go to the, uh, the 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 morgue to try to get a body. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. This is plan is just crazy, but yeah, okay, that's fine. It's yes. fine. Nothing wrong here. Yeah, nothing wrong here. All right, no problem. And uh, I w- so you know, like I said, I didn't write down like too many lines because it was kind of hard with the subtitles. Yeah. But the, sure. the the one line I did write down, I thought it was pretty funny, was like when the kids go up to the guy, like the, the little guy in the creeper van. They're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, where are you kids going? Cemetery." He's like, well, "Why are you going to the cemetery?" Just like, oh, "Because we want to go visit it." Because my grandpa. He's like, "Okay, go ahead, just get in." Sure, just get yeah, in. No problem. It's middle of the night, no problem. Yeah, no problem. So, so all them, uh, they show up at the morgue, right? And the, all the kids, the older kids now. We have younger kids, we have older kids. So this is all the older kids. They show up at the morgue, all right? They have the, the girls wait outside for them so they can go in there and sneak and grab a body. Mm-hmm. Right? No problem. No problem. So the guards are like, <laughs> they're like sleeping and once they're reading a magazine, all right? Not even caring about the job at all, all right? So, and then this is when, I guess, Dr. Cardan got his letter from the judge to go with the cap- captain and go find that body and cremate it immediately. 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 All right, yeah. they're going to go get it. So the kids are sneaking by. They, like I said, they're medical students, so I guess they know where to go. At least Pedro didn't know where to go. And they finally get into the room. There's red lights everywhere. You know, pretty cool scenery around everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they go into the morgue section. There's like three or six bodies. And they literally go through every body. <laughs> <laughs> like they open up one. Like, ah, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. And of course, when they get to the very last one, this is the one. And of course, that one is, of yeah. course, Devlon. The serial killer. Yes. Yeah. Has to, of course. You, of course. You, you, you pick the satanic serial yeah. killer. Right? We can't, we can't, we can't, get, we can't get George over there. I just drive by, nope. like, fucking choking his chicken. No, we can't get that one. We got to get the fucking uh, serial killer one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, all this is going on. Then they're, you know, they're 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 going very slow, trying to sneak out the whole body. Eventually, the cap- captain and the doctor arrive. And, you know, they're not sure what the more people are not sure whether they're there, but they're there to cremate the body. And, of course, doctor's like, we don't have time for this. We got to get that body right now. And, of course, mm-hmm. the captain's like being kind of slow with everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh the the van guy just drops the kids off at the cemetery all right he's like here you go kids mm-hmm. and he just drops them off they're like oh yeah yeah this is all cool it's all cool they get to the cemetery the guy drives off and the one girl's like oh wait we shouldn't have done this 
Like, dude, like, maybe dude. this was a mistake. Yeah, and this is like weirdly shot. Like it was like, it was like a first person. Like it was just one long shot. All right, and then we just saw the kids like by the gate, and they're just talking like all about like, you know, this is the cemetery. We're gonna walk around. The gate's not opening, and then one kid's like, the gate. You know, the gate's actually the gate is open. And the kids like, oh yeah, this is a cemetery. The gates are always open. Mm-hmm. Yes, and eventually. Sure. um they eventually got their uh, pumpkin lanterns on, and they go out, and they start, you know, exploring the uh, cemeteries. And this is when we see um, they put the uh, the this is the older kids now. Uh, they put the body in the car, and they just drive off. And this is when the doc and uh, Cardin. No, this is when the captain and Cardin. This is when they see that the uh, Devlon body is missing. And he's going to have his, his police chief go search for the body. And the doc, I guess the doc thinks like he, the body just walked on his own. All right. But the captain's like, now there's has to be some sort of explanation for this body missing. We'll go find it. All right. And of course, um, the, doc, the doctor was the one giving the orders to the cop. And the captain didn't like it. He's like, he's like don't, give you, don't give orders to my men. He's like, we don't got time for this. We got to find Devlon. So now we're in the cemetery. Nighttime, we see a moon. We're in. We're deep in the cemetery now, brother. Okay, we have Jorge. He is reading from the book. Oh yeah, and he's reading all these passages. And I didn't write down everything, but I got most of it. Hmm. Okay, he's reading from the book. He's talking about this is the sixth day of the sixth month of the sixth hour. It just so happens to be the sixth day of the sixth month of the sixth hour. Okay. Make it visible. It's October, right? It's Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, you know, this is perfect for raising the dead. You know, obviously fine, Halloween. Fine. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Make yourself visible, Lord. Uh, it repeats darkness a bunch. Uh, there's winds everywhere. Yes. Lightning's going on everywhere. At first, the kids were cool about it. Now they're like kind of getting worried. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, Mariana, she gets nervous first, and they all start getting nervous. And the body starts moving a little bit. Now Pedro sees the body moving a little bit. And they eventually, like, after it's windy and everything is going crazy, uh, they all eventually go. And Jorge sh- sh- like, like, having a good time. He's, like, after everybody's leaving, like, Jorge was staying there. And he's, like, laughing and, like, having, like, hey, this is pretty cool. So now the, um, the cop says uh, they, they found out that somebody actually, like, took the body. You know, the body just didn't walk out on its own. Somebody like took it and mm-hmm. stuff, and he was basically saying they'll find it. No worries, don't worry about this. I got this, brother. Okay, everything's good. Um, <laughs> he was also saying, so the body was stolen, but there's nothing to be alarmed about. All right, no, everything's fine. It's not a cult. Yeah, it couldn't be a cult like yeah. Halloween Six. Yeah, exactly. His body it couldn't be a cult. Yeah, it's some some kids probably just took it, which is actually what happened. Yeah, it was actually yeah, exactly. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now the doctor's going on saying like, you know, you can only destroy a, a, a Devlin basically by cremating him. And this is when mm-hmm. we find out Devlin, he was reading from the deadly black book. The black, black book. the black book, brother. <laughs> we can't say. What an original title. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like when I heard that, the black book, like, can we. The black book. I was like, can it be like Devlon's Black Book? Can it be like the yeah. Black Book of Tales of Mystery of Satan? No, it's just the Black Book. Just the Black Book. Like, yeah, I was uh-huh. hoping they would come up with some uh, 
more interesting, scary, satanic theme name for it. But yeah. yeah, just the Black Book. He's been reading for the Black Book. And the Black Book will do black evil things. Yes. So but, during all this stuff, uh, the you know, the he was saying like you know he's reading for the Black Book, and when they do that, the forces are like strong, like the 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 devilish forces. Uh, and then they eventually get a call. Like um, while they're in the, the car, they uh, the captain gets a call, basically from his wife. And this is when we see the the body, like the the demon bodies, or are they zombies or demons? I guess it could be either. In this story, uh, I think they're demon possessed zombies. Yes, demon possessed zombies. Some of them start waking up. Well, we at least got one waking up. So you know, we got the we got the kids in the cemetery. They're all there. We see more of the kids kind of walking around the cemetery. The gate closes behind them. And this is when we get the the doctor and the cop. They they they, uh, they stop by a payphone. And this is when we get uh, the captain's wife calls and basically says, like, the, the kids are missing. Like, the kids haven't came home. Because they were supposed to be home by 10 o'clock, but they're not there, you know. So I guess they've been in the cemetery for a while or stuck. And he's like, "Oh, don't the the captain's he's like the whole the whole time. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll find them. You know what I mean? Don't worry. Everything's going to be all good. I'll find the kids. They're probably just out there doing their thing." And while he's saying all this, uh <laughs> Cardan gets in the police car and just drives mm-hmm. off. And then the yeah. captain's like, "Cardan! Cardan!" And he goes back <laughs> on the phone. Oh, don't worry about this. I got this. Everything is all good. Uh, I'll take care of everything. Like he like he like totally no sells it. The guy just stealing his fucking car. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, he would fine. probably be in trouble if 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 uh, they found out somebody stole his car. So he's just gonna no sell that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is the Loomis his Loomis moment, right? Like he's uh, yes. he's just gonna steal the police car and go take care of Devlin, the satanic serial killer. So, and he's basically saying like he's gonna take care of everything, mm-hmm. and. So now we're back at the house. The the Mariana starts, you know, they're all kind of like soaking wet a little bit because it was like raining outside. And she starts to drink champagne because I guess they're all happy now because they did their ritual. So doing rituals, guys out there, you know, if you if you if you get a girl away from a concert or parties, if you just do a bunch of rituals, that'll ease them up. Little, little tip yeah, there. I think they're just happy because they're now out of the rain and they can they can drink now. They're just yes. out of the rain because things are better than they were 20 minutes ago. And this is when we get... Oh, but did I mention, though, that uh, we have a theme? I think I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. So we have a theme with the male characters. Theme. Yeah. Cardan and Jorge, they have button-up shirts. All right? Mm-hmm. But that shit is buttoned all the way down. So we can sell that little bit of that chest, brother. Yeah, I think uh-huh. that, that may be just be a 1980s thing. Yeah. Because our boy you Jorge... is fucking uh, down, down your chest. Yeah. He's sitting yeah. on the fucking uh, floor. All right, got his little Michael Jackson pose going on there. Got his fucking shirt all <laughs> buttoned down. You know what I mean? He fucking starts yes. kissing on Marion. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention one of the kids actually has a spray-painted Michael Jackson uh, windbreaker. I thought that was kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. But the, younger, cool. the younger kids did. It was like one of the younger kids. <sighs> yeah, buddy. Take a little swig of my... Rock's energy drink. Shit's pretty good. Nice. I'm just drinking coffee today. There you go, brother. I bet our, I bet our boy uh, Cardin, he probably drinks a shit ton of coffee. He was 
Oh, I guarantee he does. Yeah, he was all over this place. <laughs> he's, uh-huh. uh, he's fueled by coffee. So now we have um, Pedro and his woman, uh, Usi. They're they're uh, they're kissing and they're listening to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, they were listening to, like fifties music, but then like turned into eighties music. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so this is one of those things I was talking about earlier. Like, I think that uh, I think that. <laughs> These these were originally other songs, yeah. and they just because it sounds like fifties music when we're listening to it, like Little Richard or something, like really generic fifties rock music. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that that was that was originally a different song and re- was replaced by the stock footage or the stock movie music that we were listening to. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it, it had it to was be really weird. Yeah, because it goes from like fifties right to eighties. So I was like, come on now. <laughs> and they keep having to play with the fucking antenna. But this is when we see um, Oscar. He is out there with his uh, lady friend, and they—they're the only ones. That, they're like the only like couple that's not really like kissing right now, even though like the the girl Olivia she wants to kiss. Um, but Oscar's excuse was, from kissing and drinking, he's too lazy. He's too lazy. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, there's. I was trying to make a joke about that, but I can't think of one. Yeah, he's too lazy to to kiss. He's too lazy to drink and kiss. <laughs> yes. It's like, okay, well, what the fuck do you do then? Uh-huh. I've I've never been too lazy to drink. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck, brother? <laughs> Especially on this show, we definitely knew fucking lazy to drink. No. Yeah. We we pretty much have to drink on this so, show. Yeah. So during all this, the the demons in the background, all right, is like stalking them. So now, Olivia, she wants to drink. So she tells Oscar to go in the house and get her a drink. And he's like, all right, I'll go in there. He says, I, I guess, like, when he said he came comes back, he'll promise to start, like, you know, kissing up on her. So the, the demon creeps up closer, and they eventually we cut back to, um, yeah, we cut back in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cut back to uh, him grabbing the drink. And, you know, we have some more people. They, they keep on kissing. So we're cutting back to the, the kids kissing and him getting a drink. And then uh, then Oscar, he finally comes outside and he can't find uh, her outside anywhere. All right. Yep. So he looks around, sees around, calls out for her, can't see her at all. And then eventually um, comes up to her body. And we he turns her over and there's this huge bite mark on the neck. And right then and there, I was like very impressed with this movie because I was like, holy shit. Like, they did a great job with the visual effect. Like, the visual, you know, what do you call that? Uh, aesthetics with the blood. Yes. I thought it looked really yeah. good. I, th- I thought it look- actually looked very more detailed than you would see in this type of um, 1980s, like, you know, horror flick. It was, like, very detailed. So. And then while I was happening, like, he freaks out, you know, because he sees his girlfriend's necks all bitten up and shit. And then, like his face starts getting scratched you know from back and forth scratches that we can't really see the demon doing it but his face is all getting scratched and everything and he's trying to like run away and eventually it scratches his fucking stomach and all this and like you see like a little bit of the guts kind of fall out and then we got him right killed yes it was awesome first first big kill of the movie yeah so during all this stuff the um the the redhead girl all right, uh, Mariana. Now, if we screw up the names, sorry, but like I said, this one was a little tough with the note writing. But we're gonna call the yeah. redhead the Mariana. She was there. She said she she heard something, okay. And her, you know the boy Hori's like, oh, I didn't hear nothing. Just let's go back to kissing. 
And this is when the radio starts messing up, I guess, when demons around the radio messes up. And now she will check. So the redhead, Mariana or Olivia, whatever one you want to pick, she goes out there, Mm -hmm. she's checking around, and she eventually falls on Oscar outside. And I thought that was pretty creepy when she just falls on his fucking dead body. Her hands are on his fucking... You know, touches like his chest and everything. They're all full of blood. And she's like yeah. fucking screams and comes right back inside. And she's like freaking out. She tells Jorge what's going on. How she saw like Oscar's dead body outside. And, um, you know, they both run out there. And then they both see it. And they both run back inside. All right. And then now, now they're trying to find. Um, they're trying to uh, call out for Pedro. And, and the blonde girl. We see they're trying to call out for them. But of course, you know, they're up there with the radio. The radio's back working. It's too loud, so they can't hear them. So they're inside the house. And uh, Jorge, he just takes like two like champagne bottles and smashes them for like weapons, like broken bottles for weapons. And he's trying to hide uh, Olivia. He's trying to hide her in like the uh, the fucking uh, like a corner mm-hmm. of the house, like a, like a corner right next to her drawer. And he gives her one of the... Uh, the broken shard glasses, and he's gonna go out and find whoever's doing this killing um, of them. And then he, right when he walks out, the demon starts to just attack his ass. And I'm not sure, like, if this demon's like has super strength or not, but like he just grabs like fucking uh, Jorge's neck or something and just like smashes him against like the fucking ceiling, or like on the wall, like near um, the ceiling. Yes. Because it looked like he was so, pretty yeah, far up there. Super super strength, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He throws his ass up there. So now um, the demon is inside after he kills good old Jorge. Brother mm-hmm. Neg dies easy. The demon now is walking, walking through the house. Um, Olivia, uh, she's going, she, you know, she's gone from that corner that she was in. And she now... Runs and stabs the demon in the stomach with the broken glass. And it does no effect. The demon rips Olivia's guts out. It's a pretty cool looking scene. It throws her in that fucking box and shit. I was like, fuck, man. They ain't playing around with this fucking (laughs) gore and shit. I was like... It took a while. Yeah. It took a a little bit to get there. Yeah. Yeah, We're almost at the end of the movie at this point. So, like, really only in the last, like... 20 minutes of the movie does any of this stuff happen. The rest of it is just the curls complaining about shit and then Cardan trying to stop or trying to convince everybody to to burn the, the body. Yeah. Now we do see a lot um well kind of well th- this movie was pretty kinda, interesting yeah. but we'll get into it. I would say like this was like maybe not 20 but this is like almost like mid halfway point or like a little bit past okay. the halfway that's point. A good, that's a good point. Because we did have halfway. the uh, the second half with the, the younger kids. Which that one didn't really make sense, but we'll get there. Right. So he you know, the the demon cuts down um cuts down Olivia. She's gone. Uh so now the radio upstairs is fucking up. Alright? For our boy Pedro and Usi. It's fucking up and stuff. And um uh Usi, she wants a drink. Alright, and Pedro, you know, he keeps wanting to start making out, but he's like, Okay, I'm gonna go outside, I gotta go piss anyway. So while Pedro goes downstairs, the demon's going upstairs. Um, uh, the girl, the blonde girl, she is, you know, she's wanting to drink, and she opens up a window, and she can see Pedro out there pissing outside. She makes fun of him for pissing outside, and then 
the, the basically when he was doing all this stuff, he could see that behind her is the demon. And he freaks out, so he goes, runs upstairs really quick. The demon, you know, gets down the girl, cuts her down. And this is when we have Pedro facing off with the demon. He grabs himself like an axe-like structure. And he's going to be fighting off the demon with the axe. But yeah. um, he eventually, like, I think he stabs the demon with the axe too. But then eventually the axe turns heel on him and is possessed yeah, and stabs his ass right in the head. So all the teenager kids have now been killed in this movie. Yeah, the people, and, and it's weird because you think those would be the heroes of our movie, but yes. we, but you were wrong. But we were wrong. When we, we're wrong, and that's Max. Yes. Yeah. So now, yes, yeah, so, so now we kind of pivot to the younger kids. So the, the captain, he's still at the phone. All right, during this whole thing. And eventually, the um, you know, talk about he's going to find these missing kids. And this is when the cop shows up. And then, the, the, you know, the main cop was like, are you sure, like, uh, Devlon's not uh, possessed by the devil? And then this is when the captain's like, no, he's not. He's not fucking possessed by the devil. That's the, this is the 23rd century. People don't believe in the devil anymore. Come on now. Get with the times. And he was just saying, like, Devlon's just a crazy murderer. And a you know a, a criminal and a murderer maniac. He's like nothing to worry about. I'll find that missing body and the kids. That's what the captain was saying. So this is when we have kids. They're all running in the cemetery still. They're Tony's running. He runs faster than they all do. They're all like scared and stuff. All the kids are all scared in there. Yeah. And um, they, you know they find the the chapel or, or dead. And, and then you know the kids were saying like. And oh, well, then no, they don't find a child. They find a skull, all right? Skull, and then yes. Tony's like, oh, yeah, that skull's been here, you know, dead for a hundred years. I was like, how the fuck do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're all looking around the, the cemeteries. Um, and then they're when they're walking around a, a particular grave, you know, all these, all these, uh, so this graveyard scene was pretty cool. Like, you know, we had crosses everywhere and we had some you know, coffins that were buried. Then we had some coffins that were like on, on top of the, the ground. So it was like a mixture of two. And they, they rocked by a coffin that was on the ground and just burst into flames. And they all just fucking run away. Well, that's scary, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd freak out too. Cemetery and something burst into flames. You'd yeah. freak out too. Yeah, I'd yeah, freak out. I'd run out of there. I don't blame the kids at all. I'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> so Cardin, he is still just driving around. Alright, he's in full Luma's mode right now. He's just like fucking I gotta find this Devlon Michael creature. And he's just driving around. He doesn't even know where to look. He's just driving around town with his with the police light on. So now um you know Tony's Tony this is when Tony's mom she gets a call from Susan. Susan is the captain's wife. And they're talking about how the kids are missing. And there's this whole big storyline of how the parents are trying to come together to figure out where their kids are going. And they want to talk to the captain so he can get the police to go find the missing kids because it's past 10 o'clock and they were supposed to be home and now they're worried about them. So the kids find the old mansion house that's right next to the cemetery. And they go inside and now the radio is working again. So they hear like random music and the kids are like, there's music here. Like what's going on? It's like, 
like they're all nervous. The kids are like super freaked out, you know, because they saw like a flaming coffin and shit. And my kids like right. the kids are like, "There's a party going on here, but maybe we can go up there and like go upstairs and like tell them we just need a phone so we can call our parents." All right, so they think there's just some random party sure. going on. And while mm-hmm. while we're hearing the kids and watching them go upstairs, we get a cool shot where we see like Jorge's like dead face. You know, that's why like that's why mm-hmm. he looked like he was like very up like the the ceilings were high in this mansion. And it looks like he was pretty far up there. You know. Where his bed, dead body was hanging out at. Yeah. Like on yeah. Halloween. I mean, you know, it's yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yes. So the the kids go upstairs. Um you know, they uh so the kids are upstairs, they're going through each room, and they eventually go to the room where there's music from, and they try to knock on the door, they're all nervous, so they eventually go in, and this is when they see dead Pedro with the fucking axe through his head, and they see dead land. The blonde girl, she's dead too. Um, And then they start, you know, they freak out, and while they're freaking out, they all run down the stairs, and then they see the demon come up the stairs. So they all run, and they find a place to hide. Uh, they're not, and then the kids are they're, they're not sure you know they're not sure where to hide but they need to they're trying to find a place to hide and they eventually mm-hmm. go to a room they hide like kind of like in a closet and this is when we see Devlon goes to the black book to read his passages of Satan in the black book and then while he's reading it the kids run downstairs and Devlon demon Full demon mode right now. He's the one that got resurrected, remember everybody. And yeah. he now follows the kids, but he takes his time. A little slow, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what you do, right? You're a, you're a demon, you don't, or even 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 a serial killer, you don't walk fast. Yeah, no. You know, Michael Myers didn't walk fast. Jason didn't walk fast. And this possessed serial killer doesn't walk fast either. He's just yeah. going to slowly... Track these children down. Yeah, it takes his time. I mean, he got all night. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. Why waste it? He's got all. He's got forever now. He's 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 he, he he you know the grave didn't stop him. So he's got he's got forever. That's true. So Tony now wants the axe right, out of Pedro's head. All right, and yes. this is this is a little weird. awesome. <laughs> so he takes it. Right, he takes it out of this guy's head, and yeah. I'm not really sure what happened. Like. Like, the axe was possessed. That's how it was, like, killed Pedro. But, like, yeah. when Tony had it, like, it was fine. Like, they never got possessed at all. Or again, maybe, maybe like, the demon can only possess the axe once. Yeah, as I was say, maybe all the possession got out of it when Tony, uh, yeah. when to- by the time Tony got it. So, it was fine then. Yeah. So, now they're leaving out of the house, and they finally see the dead Jorge, like, hanging from the ceiling. And then they run, and then they say Olivia's dead body pops out of them. All right, and then they uh, they're trying to stop, and then they break through the window to get outside because um, this is when uh, Devlon like he they're like in like the the living room area with the big dining room table, and this one yeah. Devlon pops in, and they all like fucking freak out, and they go through the window, they run away, and they're running outside now, and this is when <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was funny. So after the kids like run outside, and we see like the front of the house, we just see the evil black book yeah a uh, prayer of satan mm-hmm. demon devon who's in full demon possessed satan mode just opens up the door and walk closes it behind him and walks out and slowly to get the kids yes that was great like he didn't break through the door 
He opened no, it very slowly. He opened the door. And he, and, he, yeah. and he had good manners. He, he, he closed the door. Mm-hmm. And now yep. he's following these kids to their doom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought that was really, like, an interesting, like, choice that they made when he's, he's just like. Like, I'm an undead I zombie. Was... But I know how to open doors still. Okay, guys? Come on. Uh, I, I know my manners. I'm not going to break through this maybe, door like uh, the Kool-Aid man. I, I'm going to get. Maybe they were using a real house and they couldn't afford to like repair the door if they bur- if they broke it off. <laughs> so, so they're just like, like well, just, just gingerly open the door. Yeah. Nobody will notice. Yeah, it's just a demon. You don't have to use manners. Come on now. Right. Uh-huh. So now all the kids are all... And he walks slowly outside too. So. Yeah, oh, yes. So now this is when the, uh, the Capitano is going to Tony's mom's house talking about the kids and stuff and, you know, trying to, you know, Saying like you know your your kids not here, my kids are not here, um, you know trying to find all the kids' parents basically all all the all the kids that are missing's parents all show up to uh, Tony's mom's house, and now they're all going to go to the station and talk about it. All right, so we see now, now we see all the kids are running through the graveyards now. Uh, we have the doctor uh, <laughs> Cardin who did very little in this movie for for. So far, he's still driving around in his car. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Capitano, uh, I swear they said his first name was Adam. Okay, uh, <laughs> they're gonna like. They're, they're, he's basically talking to all the parents, and most of them are all upset. And he's like, "Don't worry about it. I got this." Um, you know the the, so you know they're all talking. He's basically uh you know telling them he's gonna go find all the kids. Everything's gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. Some of the parents leave. He's like, "Go back to your houses. I'll give you an update." Um, then they then we see a scene of them like kids trick or treating, and they get out of the car. The captain tells the kids to go away, and he's like, "Oh, we found the kids." He's like, "No, oh, it's the wrong ones. Wrong kids. Wrong kids." And um. Oh no no no! There was one scene though where, like, um, they were in the police station, and that captain guy was like, "Hey, I found some kids off the street," and they show them like, these lost kids. You know, what I mean, these poor little lost kids that have no family. The other family's like, oh, "They're not our kids. Just throw them away." No problem. Yeah, that's not important. So all the all the kids that are missing, they are running all you know through the graveyard, and. The so this is when we're running through the graveyard now, and now we're we're noticing that a lot of the graves are start popping open, and zombie-like creatures are now coming out to yes. to follow the kids, and I guess the the black book powers that Devlon was doing inside have now risen the grave, and I like how one girl gets caught like on her jacket. No, the one good girl kind of gets caught by one of the graves, and the guy with the Michael Jackson jacket just goes up there, throws a rock on him, and mm-hmm. then they just leave. It was easy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So get we away have away from the zombie-like structures. Yes. So we have in a big scene of like um, where like these you know cemetery creatures are coming out. They're grabbing Tony. Our girl uses the axe to help Tony out. All right. They they they. I, in my notes, I put they hide in stone-like structures. All right, there's demons everywhere up here. Usi is one of the girls that we thought was the one of the y- older ones, but she's the younger one. Uh, she wants to, um, she wants to rest. 
<laughs> but there's no time to rest. We have to go. There's more demons nope. that are pop out. They're all following them and stuff. And, uh, you know, Devon's following them too. So this is kind of like a little bit of like a Resident Evil game. All these demons are following around everywhere. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting too. I want, I mean, I wonder if it's possible that maybe who, one of the people that developed Resident Evil could be having been influenced by this movie. It's possible because the first it's movie, a mansion yeah, and, it's a mansion, yeah. cemetery outside. Uh, demons slowly get to you, like the like the zombies do in Resident Evil Two. You know, we didn't have any, like any mm-hmm. like special creatures like liquors or anything like that, but you know, right, right, of course. But you know, got the, the mansion over there. So, so this is when we have Caesar. One of the kids falls in the pit. All right. And he's all scared of skeletons are all, and all the demons are coming at him trying to run. And then he eventually gets out of the pit and just runs away. So we're just showing more, uh, uh, what do they call that? Chasing, you know, scary and chase. Like they, the kids fall and we think they're going to get killed, but then they eventually get away. So this is when we see the scene yes. of the kids in the Halloween mask. And they, the captain tells them to go home and it's not the right kids. And then, like, the kids keep singing the song. Nice, nice, today is Halloween. <laughs> that was awesome. Their Halloween song was great. Yeah. I loved it. I was like, fuck, bro, put that on the soundtrack. So, now, kids, now make it to the gate, the cemetery gate. All right? And the gate is now closed. All right? And it grows bigger now. So, the, great, the gate grew. Oh. Right, and all the demons, including Devon, is right behind them. Uh, now the Doc Garland, he, I guess he heard like a radio something. I, I, they figured out the kids were in the graveyard somehow. All right, and he heard that over the police radio, and I guess he was near the um maybe maybe like maybe the van guy snitched on him. I have no idea how they found out the kids were in the graveyard, but they did. And eventually, he goes up to the uh, to the gate. He sees it's closed. He sees the kids there. He tells the kids to get out of the way, and he smashes the car right through the gate. And like his car was just fine, and I mean, didn't do a lot of damage on it. Got all no, the kids no, in no. the car. All right, and then I guess he tries to back up a little bit, but the car is a little damaged. It won't start. The demons are closing in. And then they eventually all get out before the demons can get close, and they all run away. Yep, that's how you get away from demons. Yeah. Get in a car that's going to show up right at the perfect moment, and then you escape the cemetery. Yes. So they're running, you know, it looks like they're running in, in the direction of the mansion. And they're kind of like outrunning the demons because they're slow. Like, they're all just walking. They're not really like, you know, they're, they're, they're like Resident Evil zombies. They're all very slow. Yeah, exactly. And a tree falls on... The doctor. Okay? Uh-oh. And I thought this part was a little funny here in a second. <laughs> so, a tree falls on the doctor. The the, the, the zombie-like demons are, are, are coming in. Yeah, they're, they're closing in. Uh, uh, Cardin tells them all to run. And then he just whips out the biggest cross he had ever seen out of his fucking junk. <laughs> I was like, where the fuck did this thing come from? Like, how did you even carry that shit around? That shit was, like, fucking big. I was gonna say, like, he, he's been carrying it in his shirt the whole time. This motherfucker's like, like, hey, I seen Castlevania. Here you go. <laughs> Here's this cross here. He's like, use this cross. This cross will... They can't come to you if they have the cross. And then start going, like, back and forth, like, who's gonna carry the fucking cross? 
All right. Mm. And they're like, no, 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 don't worry about it. You keep it over here. We're going to go to the, uh, we're going to go to the house. And then this is when like Garland's saying, listen, what you need to do is you need to find the black book and you need to burn the black book. Okay. Because if you burn the black book, Devon won't have his powers anymore. All this will go away. And I'm thinking like, well, fuck, like you knew where the fucking book was the whole time. And this fucking mansion, why didn't you just do that? Like, why'd you have to drive right. around and shit looking for his fucking dead body if you just knew where the book was the whole time? Right. And right. where the fuck if did you find this it. cross? You just have it hanging out with you during the whole time? <laughs> like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> so he, he tasked Tony because Tony's the one, I guess, well, maybe he didn't know where, where the black book was because Tony said he saw a book in the mansion. But like, I mean, you could put two to two to fucking get her. You know what I mean? They right. the doc knew yeah. that Devlon had this mansion with them, or maybe he didn't. I have no idea. All right. So Tony saw where the black book was. Needs to burn the black book, and you kids go to the mansion. Go burn the black book. All this will stop, and I'll hold off the demons. So that's what they do. So, uh, um, Cardan gets the cross back, and all the kids, you know, run away. And he gets up, he has like a cross, the youth has a crutch, and he uses the cross on all the demons, and by golly, it works. They start backing off. I never got that. I mean, maybe it was just me, like, you know, like they had like, that's your weapon in horror movies, we're going to use a cross. Well, yeah, I mean, the power of Christ compels you. We've seen this, that's, that's why that works. Yeah, it's I mean, like an exorcist. Although it didn't really work so well in that movie, but yeah. that's a bad example. But I'm just saying <laughs> that it it happens in Dracula and it happens in all these other movies. So yeah, so the uh, the crucifix will stop the satanic zombies for like a short for, period, push them away for a short period of time. But it lets you it lets you not die right then. So now the kids they now run to the house and they run upstairs, and then we have a, the demon. You know, the demons go inside the house as well. And the kids see the black book. They grab the black book and they run downstairs. But we have demons breaking into the windows. They go to throw the back. The, the they go back and forth. Uh, the book trying to like because the demons are now downstairs. All the kids are downstairs, and they keep playing like hot potato with the fucking book. Like here you go, here you go. Yes. You throw in because they're we have like a little fireplace that they're trying to throw the book into. And the book lands into one of the girl's uh, hands. I thought this was a really cool scene where Devlon, he uses his powers to freeze her and to bring her over here. Like, she's, like, frozen and she's, like, like, <laughs> like fucking, you know, do some Dracula shit, like, bringing her over towards him. Yeah, he uses Satan powers yes. to bring her over. And this is when um, <laughs> the, 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 doc, fucking, the doc shows up, all right? Just before uh, Devlon can like cut down the girl with the book, and he starts fighting people with his cross, and then Devlon just goes up to the dock and slaps the shit out of him. I was like, "Damn, we just fucking got that guy." And then we're having some back and forth with the dock trying to fight off uh, the demon. He's he's getting like his whole face like you know scratched and cut and everything. And I guess because Devlon was um, distracted, kind of like a wrestling finish, brother, he was distracted by an outside party. This is when the yep. girl was able to run and throw the book into the flames. And then once she did that, all the demons start catching on fire. And I like uh, where one of the demons, like he was on fire and he just d- bumps into a- another demon and catches him on fire. And it's just kind of like a trickled type of thing. 
Um, and then this is when we cut to a scene saying the cop, you know, they know where to go find the kids now. They're at the old haunted house or the old haunted, you know, graveyard. They know where to go now. Right. Um, and then he, like, they heard, like, I guess they heard a report about it and they're all hoping the report is true. And this is when we see, like, you know, all the demons and stuff. They're all, like, burning to the ground. And eventually the cops show up. Uh, they, they, they find the kids. Okay. And it's probably like what, two or three a.m. in the morning. Okay, they got I would that. say so. Surely at this point. Okay. So the next morning, that's when everybody gets out of the mansion. Now, so we we're, we're what do we what do we do for like seven hours? Like you know, it looked like it was the morning time. So when the cops got yeah, well, there, I mean, it was maybe pitch it's black. Maybe the sun's just coming up. Yeah. In like what thirty minutes? Like what are they doing there? They just like so okay, so you know the kids they beat the demons. You know what I mean? They might have like a little scratches on them. But like, were they were they just wait in the house for like four hours until everybody got well, there? Well, maybe more. Uh, what what I'm saying is maybe more times passed than we think. So maybe it's like, um, you know, maybe instead of being two or three, it's like four or five a.m. And then like, you know, an hour later, when sun the sun comes starts up. coming up, is when the cops show up. Yeah. Well, this is when we get all the kids are coming out there. They're bringing out all the the teenagers' dead bodies. They're putting them all in the trucks. We get press out there taking pictures of everything. Um, you know, they just, they're taking all the kids into the car, all the press is taking, like, photos, and we see some person up there yeah. in the, the Devlon's room. Yeah. I guess they didn't check that room. Maybe they're gonna check no. it later, I have no yeah, idea. No. Guy's walking around, goes up to, he brings, on the little stand, brings up the burnt black book, opens the pages, yeah. We cut, we see it's Cardin, and he is now turned into a Satan prayer worshiper guy, demon. Yep, possessed by the devil. Yes. And he is now going to be the new demon, Devlon, and we'll get a sequel that we never get. Yes, and the sequel that never happens. Yes. And everybody, that is Cemetery of Terror. Not too bad. What a, what a. It was a good movie. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you yeah. know, it's not a, uh, it's uh it's it's you know, you could tell they didn't have a lot of money when they made this, but I mean, this story is pretty good, and I like this movie quite a bit, a lot better than I thought I was going to. Same here, to be honest with you. Same here. I was like, you know, the story is pretty simple. You know what I mean? And I liked I liked the effect where they had the 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 teenagers. You think they're going to be like the main, you know, people in the the we're we're gonna have like a final girl, you know, like that blonde girl, Liana. You thought she was going to be yeah, like the yeah. final girl, but she wasn't. Nope. So I liked it where they killed all the teenagers and they had the kids come in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And of course, you know, the kids were like, I don't know how I feel about, you know, okay, you know, they're kids. Yeah, I guess they're, they're a little more, they can be a little more slippery than teenagers are. And, uh, you know, it was pretty good. You know, we had the, the 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 doc who knew all about this stuff and eventually turned to evil, turned towards the end. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a little fun one. So we had the cop that wasn't listening and everything. We had nice gore scenes. The, all the demon zombies, they look fantastic. We had nice, um, you know, we had nice uh, atmosphere with the movie too. So definitely a fun one. So you got any final thoughts before we head on out of here, Allison? No, I was going to say, I mean, this makes me kind of want to watch his other movie, Grave Robbers. I've never seen it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the, I like the, uh, the film. I mean, I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, you know, and it did get some good reviews at the time, which is unusual for horror movies. Um, you know, even with uh, all the tropes that are in it, 
Um, I still think this is really good. I would recommend people watch it. I mean, it's on Shutter, so you can watch it. Um, you know, if you're a Shutter subscriber. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. I, I love. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, definitely. And everybody, we'll be coming back here next week and the weeks to follow here in March because we're going to be talking all about cemeteries and graveyards and 1980s horror movies. Yep. We got a full schedule for you, everybody. So and here's what it is. We so do. next week. We're going to be coming back here for Graveyard Disturbance. Yeah, Italian film. Italian film, brother, from one of our boys. Was it Lamberto Bava? Yep, Lamberto Bava. We talked about him before when we did Demons 1 and 2. 1 and 2, brother, which, you know, guys, check those out in the, in the, in the archives. In the archives. Those, those are some of my favorite uh, movies, is uh, Demons 1 oh, and 2. Great. And I actually have a couple yeah. questions for Allison when we do that review, too. So we'll Uh-oh. get into all that. Oh, then we're going to come back afterwards for a video nasty mausoleum. Ooh. Mausoleum. Mausoleum, brother. Demons and yeah, and cemeteries and mausoleums, all this crazy shit. And we're going to end the month off hot with the, the one and only Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Ooh, yeah, that's gonna be a, it's gonna be something. It's gonna be something, brother. I can't wait to talk about yeah. that one. It's gonna be a great. To, it's you know we don't do a lot of famous horror movies on this one. We like to keep it a little nasty, but it's always cool to get you know the famous ones in there and get our thoughts and opinions yeah. about it. So yeah, you know we gotta yeah, add. We those don't in avoid here. the famous ones. Yeah. we don't avoid the famous ones, but we've seen those a million times. So well, I've actually not have seen this movie a million times. As a, as a bad example, but we know that people out there have seen the famous ones a million times. And uh, so we kind of want to do some more obscure type movies a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, and talk about those. But it's good to but, add uh, them in yes. every month, you know, when the, when the time Absolutely. is right. So, yes. But everybody, that's the full Play schedule. The so check us out here every Sunday. Check us out on the Facebook for all the extras. Uh, like us on Facebook. I'm trying to get the Instagram going a little bit more, the YouTube channel going a little bit more when I have free time. So, everybody, mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, tell the friends, tell everybody. If you guys want a good time over here, Retro Blood is always here for you every Sunday oh, yeah. on all the podcast platforms. So, Allison, let's take the uh, the audience out with some venom. Um, let's do it. If you don't mind, I got a, a song. I think it would be a good good one for the this one, which would be okay. Burn this place to the ground, brother. Absolutely, that's what they should have done from the very beginning. None of this would have happened. If they would have burned the Black Book to the ground, if they would have burned (laughs) Devlon's house to the ground, if they would have burned Devlon to the ground, if he would have ate that fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich, none of this would have happened, brother. All right. Burn it to the ground. Burn it to the ground, everybody. Jay Austin, James Klein, we'll see you guys later. See you next week, guys.